It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glickson with my tag team partner, Matt Story, and we are not going to discuss the Golden Globes. So if something if something sports-related happened during that broadcast, we will have missed it. Right. We'll, we'll catch it next time around, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but w- we have a lot to talk about. We've got three college topics and a pro topic. We're going we're gonna to start with ASU. If you don't want to hear about ASU, skip ahead a bit, then we'll get into... Uh, the college football playoff and the NFL playoffs, but yes. Matt, let's start with our only basketball topic. Yeah, Bobby Hurley's Sun Devils have bounced back after a disappointing loss to San Francisco, who then almost toppled Gonzaga, and right. a right. disappointing loss to Arizona, who then got beat by Washington. Uh, or no, was it Washington State who beat Washington them? State. Washington yeah. State. Were down. They were down to Washington, I believe. Yeah. You know, in the second half, came back to win and then lost to Washington State. Yeah, so not a not a great you know home weekend for them, um, and a and a very uh, workmanlike home weekend for us. I mean, we I think we discussed this last time. I don't know if we if we did it on recording or after, but you know, like you you, you got to take care of business at home against you know inferior competition, which is by the records Washington Washington State are that, and we did. And that's nice because, like, that's been a, a stumbling block in some of our better seasons with Bobby Hurley that, you know, just some head-scratching, you know, home losses. And like, man, we shouldn't be in this position. So, yeah, very successful couple of days. With a couple of, as you said, workmanlike victories, uh, beating the Cougars 77-71, turning around and beating the Huskies 73-65. And two games that, you know, they didn't run away. They're not huge blowouts, but they're also, you know, kept them at arm's length in both games. Exactly, yeah. You know, gave up runs. The the Washington game, I think, we were up by like 20, and then they they scored the last 12 points or something. I mean, I think it was 73-53. So, you know, that game was was more lopsided. Uh, Washington State was, was, you know, back and forth a bit. But you're right. It seemed like we always... We always had the lead. Uh, it was never real secure, but it, it never got away from us either. So, yeah, you know, and for a team that, you know, some of their best wins this year have been, you know, dig a hole and have to come back, you know, the Colorado game, uh, the, the VCU game, you know, they've had to do that a few times. Creighton, um, this was nice to just like, yeah, okay, we, we just went out and took care of business as you're supposed to do. That's what a That's what a tournament team should do, and I don't know if we're that yet, but – it was a good step in the right direction to beat that, I think. Well, the other thing that makes me hopeful is it, you know, I'm not excusing the San Francisco loss. I'm not excusing being outclassed that way by that sure. school. And, and I'm not excusing any of our losses. But when everyone is there, you know, when the full complement of players, both Cambridges, Frankie Collins, True. You know, the full bench, Washington, things seem to be clicking. Like he's, yeah. they, they, especially yeah. defensively, they seem to have the capacity to lock teams down when they need to. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, everybody's going to have bad losses. I mean, Arizona losing at home to Washington State. Like that's an under 500 team that beat them by double digits. It wasn't a, you know, last second buzzer beater. They, they beat him convincingly in McHale. Like, you know, so. You know, that doesn't make Arizona a bad team. They're a really good team. 
um, you know, at the end of the year, they're probably going to be a, you know, top two or three seed, I would imagine, in a region, if not a one seed. Um, you know, but it's just like everybody has bad losses. It's college sports. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, like it's the last game before Christmas. I mean, is it excuses? Yes, it is. But it's the last game before Christmas break. You've got 10 days off after that. Uh, you're going on the road. You, you know, you've had a real good non-conference season. Does it does it add up that you might have a no-show? It does. Would have would have been nice to not have one, of course. But you know, I don't. I'm not alarmed by that. I I told you after it happened. Like the biggest key for me was that it didn't snowball, and it didn't. We were competitive in that loss to Arizona, and and lo- you know, lost, but but a competitive loss, and then two solid wins after that. So it, it looks more like a blip than a pattern. Yeah, well, and now the test gets more interesting going on the road to the Oregon schools. It does, it does. Although, you know, I'll say this, like, neither of those teams has been all that impressive this year. Um, I, you know, I'm not expecting necessarily, like, we got to win both, but I, I, think, I think we could. And I think mm-hmm. you definitely feel like you need to come away with one. You need a you know, split I, to keep momentum and to keep your, you know, right now I saw going into last weekend we were, the athletics last four in play. In. <laughs> I saw that too. I'm like, God dang it. Can we ever escape the first four? Uh, you know, but I, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping we can, uh, if we continue to, to, you know, do what we've done. I, I feel like if we take care of business at home, it, I mean, honestly, if we take care of business against the teams that, that appear to be below us in the conference, which is maybe everybody, but Arizona, UCLA and Utah, Mm-hmm. You know, those Utah's kind of been a, a revelation so far. No one expected them to be any good. Yeah, but you know, outside of those, I mean, you got a you got a road swing to Stanford and Cal. Those two teams appear to be terrible. Uh, you know, Cal started like zero and eleven. Uh, they're both well under five hundred. So that you know, those are two road games you need to win. Oregon State's under five hundred. You know, like if if you take care of those and you protect your home court for the most part. Uh, you know, you, you should be able to put together a 20, you know, 20, 21, 22 win season, which I feel like would put us in really good position. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you kind of feel like if you can wind up, you know, one in five, two and four against the Arizona, UCLA, Utah trio, right, right. You should be able, you, you should be able to win enough of the rest of the games to be okay. And look, yeah. I, you know, we've banked four conference wins and it's the second week of January. That, exactly. You know, as yeah. a fan, that's pretty I, good. You know, if you I told agree. me that we have four conference wins right now, I'd, I'd sign up 100%. For sure, for sure, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking at the upcoming schedule. I mean, at Oregon, at Oregon State, I feel like you could win both. But if you get one, then you're home to UCLA, USC. I think that's one you're, you know, you'd love to get both. But again, get one. Then you're at the Washington schools. You just swept them mm-hmm. on the road is a different test. But still, like, you know, and then you get the Oregon schools at home. They don't appear to be that good. Then your Stanford Cal road trip. They look really bad. I mean, a combined eight wins between the two of them so far. Colorado, Utah at home. We've already beaten Colorado once. Uh, and then the Arizona game, and then finish with the LA schools. Don't love the finish. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, because it could uh, look bumpy. Last, but, but last three on the road against pretty good teams. That's not ideal. But the flip side is, if you steal one of those Arizona UCLA games, 
Sure. Right sure. before, you know, the committee meets, that'll yes. look good. <laughs> yes, agreed. Agreed. And and you know, again, up until that point, you know, I'm not expecting to run the table. I'm not saying that, but you know, if you can if you can go so, you know, before that you got what, twelve games, I believe, left in mm-hmm. before those last three. I mean, if you can go uh nine and three in those twelve, eight and four. Even eight and four puts you at twenty-one wins going into those last three. Yeah, that—that's not a bad spot. And then, like you said, if you can steal just one of those, you know, you get a, a nice signature win. Especially if it's it's either Arizona or UCLA, you mm-hmm. get a nice, you know, big win going into the conference tournament when you know your everything is more examined. It seems like so. Yeah, I mean, you know, like this. We're going to talk about the NFL at the end of this, and there's some teams in the NFL that remind me of this ASU team, and that like they're not overwhelmingly talented. There's nobody that I'm like, oh, they can just show up and win. Like that, that's not that's not them. But so far, they're winning a lot more than they're losing. And if you keep that up, you you should have a, a spot in mid March somewhere in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's. It's not his best team talent wise. I think no. probably the last uh Trey Holder team was yeah, the best. Probably so. Um but it feels like a complete team because of the play you're getting from the Cambridges and Washington. You're yeah, you've got yeah. interior play. We're not relying on a Cody Justice type to play powerful. <laughs> agreed, agreed. Yeah, no. Washington's been uh, a real surprise. Or I mean, you know, like from what I expected, which mm-hmm. was basically like be a serviceable big man, you know, if you can block some shots, get some rebounds, don't be a black hole on offense. Uh, he's been much better than that. Like he's, you know, he's been a focal point at times and been really good. Yeah. He, one of the, you know, I think he's, a, he might be a state press guy or a Sun Devil source guy. Yeah. But one of the like, you know, student reporters who I follow made a point mm-hmm. of like, doesn't it just seem all year that good things have happened when they've gotten Washington involved early? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been a great pickup. I mean, for a guy who, you know, we picked up several transfers, and I think he was one of the least heralded. Uh-huh. You know, I, I mean, not to say the other guys haven't been good too. The Cambridges, Frankie Collins, they they've been important too. But like, I remember when Warren Washington committed, and it was like, oh yeah, that that could be something. You know, a depth of big man. Okay. Um, that was, I believe, before Jalen Graham had left. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you thought, well, okay, that's a good backup big man, you know, 12, 15 minutes a game, sure. Um, he's been much more important, and he's he's lived up to it so far, you know. So, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's a delicate thing putting together a roster. You know, you talk about most talented. Like, I mean, you could argue that a couple years ago was our most talented team. Oh, but, you know, yeah, when you have Bagley, Christopher and Big, you know Bagley and all them, but that team didn't win much. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I think, yeah, you're right. It's this feels like the best balanced team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's tricky. You know, like uh, that team with with Remy Martin and and the two hotshot freshmen, and you know that was probably the most talented team he's had, and the results were really ugly. And yet, you know, this team, I don't think they measure up in terms of talent to that group. There's probably no first round picks on this roster, um, you know, but but it's it's been a successful mix. Um, you know, like I said, it's it's hard. Can they replicate it next year? I don't know. 
but I'm enjoying the ride for this year at least. Yeah, I, if you would have told me that we would be experiencing this type of success and Bagley would be gone from the team yeah. effectively and Boyachi would be losing minutes to Duke Brennan, right? I right. I would have been I I am bet, yeah, stunned. Yeah, I, you know. Well, I think you know if you told either one of us before the season that what Bagley would play in two games, yeah, and it, we would have thought, well, another. Another rough year coming because I think he was. We both kind of had the attitude of like, well, whatever he gives you is a bonus because of it, you know, last year and the year before. But at the same time, it felt like for this team to achieve at a high level, you needed that bonus from him. And they certainly didn't get it and aren't going to get it, I guess. Um, and, you know, and, and so far, so good. Now, you know, ways to go. We're in early January and, and there's two plus months until, you know, the first round of the tournament. Uh, so, so we'll see, but, uh, I, I like where we sit right now. Yeah. This is, look, I don't want to be that guy, but I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't point out, enjoy this run because I believe both Cambridges and Washington are seniors. Well, yeah. You and, know. and that, I mean, that's kind of what I meant by like, can you do it again next year? Because, it kind of feels like that's what college basketball at, at almost every play, you know, is what it's becoming is it's a year to year proposition. You know, you, you get the roster you can put together for one year and then, you know, the next year is probably going to feel a lot different. And at, you know, at Duke, it's because guys are going to the draft after one and done's at most other places, it's the transfer market and, and, you know, just move it around and hopping around. And, and so, yeah, I mean, you, you really do have to enjoy it as it's going because even if we did have a team loaded with freshmen and sophomores and we're having this success, you couldn't really be secure. They'll all come back. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, we we finished the year on a positive note last year. Best player down the stretch was probably Jalen Graham. They left. So, mm-hmm. you know, like whether a senior or a freshman, you, you got to be prepared for guys to leave and to have to, to reconstruct the roster every year, it feels like. Yeah. So it, but it has been great so far, like compared to my expectations and things. Agreed. Agreed. It's been a fun year so far and hopefully, you know, more fun to come. I mean, you know, no one, no one really remembers if you're 13 and three in January, if you don't, you know, keep building on it. Um, But, you know, I, I've got, I've got good expectations for what's to come and, you know, it'll be fun to follow the next couple of months. Last last couple of years, it's been, you know, like, well, by this point, any hopes of, you know, realistic tournament destination was just, well, we got to win the conference tournament. Um, that's not the case this year. So that's nice. You know, feels like we can there's there's various ways for us to make the tournament, not just uh, winning four in a row in Vegas in mid-March. Mm-hmm. No, it's very good. Um Let's pivot now to college football. We'll start with ASU. There's been even more in and out and returns. Garen yeah. Stansberry's back. Uh, yeah. Somehow we lost two kickers to the transfer portal. And, one. and, saw, and right. brought Cal, in the Cal kicker. Um, yeah. We lost like three guys to Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a that's a bizarre one. Like, I mean... Scott Satterfield was the coach at Louisville, so it's not like he was a Pac-12 coach who was very familiar with our roster or something. So, yeah, that's that's one that I'm like, I, I don't quite get it, but hey, more power to them. I hope they I hope they have success. Yeah, I mean, he took Brown, Jones, and DJ Taylor. 
Right. Um, you know, and, and it's just been interesting to see the turnover. Um, look, it's not surprising. It's massive. And, and as was, you know, leaked, I guess, during the national title game when we were looking for things to talk about. Yeah. Uh, ASU, for some reason, has been selected as the Coach Prime first game. Which, Hopefully. Yeah, Not official yet, yeah, but, but, but it seems like that's where it's headed, yeah. All indications are ESPN is working with the Pac-12 and the schools to make that the Week Zero game, which yeah, would put it a, in August. home game for us. Yeah, it would be an August home game in Tempe. Kickoff would probably be somewhere around 100, 105. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's going to be hot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to be a... A later kickoff, but uh, but I like the idea of it nonetheless. So I will share with you two pieces of you know analysis that I saw that yeah. you know that I think are relevant. One, I, that's interesting that they that Colorado wouldn't want to push for a home first game. Yeah, but second, ASU has a rare eight game home schedule, and they True. would under this scenario, play four of them before the end of September? Yeah, uh, by, by September 16th. So. Because, you know, September 16th is Fresno. We know the three non-conference games, at least, unless they get moved around, I guess. But, um, uh, you know, so, yeah, you would play yeah, four of your eight home games by the midpoint of September, essentially. Yeah, and so, you know, you'd get the advantage. It'd be hot, I guess. Certainly would, and and you would, uh, you know, you would attract an audience. I mean, the the week zero schedule as of now, usually there's not bad. much. And, usually you know, it's bad. Like, it's Wyoming, Hawaii, and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, Notre Dame is playing Navy in Ireland, so that'll probably be an early morning kick. So you know, like right now, and and there may be other games moved to that. Who knows? But um, you know, if you get you know a a decently marquee slot, you know, seven o'clock Pacific. Uh, six thirty, something like that. You know, yeah, it's going to be late Easter time. There's no way around that. You're not going to kick it off at four o'clock, and you know, in August in Tempe. Um, but still, I, I, yeah, I like the form. Um, you know, the the eyeballs will be on Colorado, but that's okay because you go out and play well, you can steal some attention. You know, you get people saying, "Well, you know, boy, we, we tuned into that game because of Dion." But boy, that ASU team looks like they could be exciting. They got a young coach. They got, you know, they're, they're fired up. They might have to pay attention to them a little bit. Yeah. So I love, and, and as a fan who, you know, selfishly, you know, I, I want to do some traveling again this fall, go different places. And like, I wanted to see Colorado here. It's like, Hey, that sounds fantastic. Put it in a weekend where there's nothing else I want to go to. Absolutely. I'm all in for that. Yeah. It's like, it's like they built it for you. I mean, in a way, like Colorado and USC and Washington State were really the the three, like, I want to see when those are, and I kind of want to be here for those. And, hey, if they want to put one of them, you know, when there's no other college games that I would go to, like, that is, I'm I'm all in for that. That sounds great. Well, and and also, the the flip side of that, for ASU, if you want another, you know, reason for optimism, if it is a week zero game, you're going to get another midseason buy. Right, right, yeah, yeah. I mean, you may have, you may have a, you know, end of September and end of October or something like that. Who knows, you know? So, yeah, I mean, you know, 
again, are they doing it because of ASU? Of course not. It, you know, it's because of Colorado. Um, I, Colorado was slated to open, and, and I think we'll still play them, I guess, in their second game, if this happens, at TCU. And I even thought, like, man, that is that is like prime, you know, put that on Thursday night of week one or something because, you know, you get the team that was in the national title game. Granted, not a great performance in that national title game, but still, they were there against Dion making his debut. You know, but hey, if they want to, they want to put ASU in that uh, spot. You know, hey, sounds sounds great to me. Well, and I I wonder if that's a game they could lose to Fox, good, so they're trying good, to jump yeah. the line and get Dion's first game. Yeah, probably so. Yeah, yeah. So hey, I mean, it's uh, it's interesting. Um, you know. I'm I'm excited by it. I know you know we talked about some of the guys who left. We added like four or five more, uh, mm-hmm. you know, transfers from a couple of guys from USC. I saw. I mean, it's, yeah, it's hard to keep first, up for it's, all of it's the really de- hard to keep up. They said but. for all of the defensive, you know, guys coming in, this guy from USC was our first safety commit, and after losing, was he really after yeah. losing the Markham twins? And, yeah. and some of the other guys this year, it's like, yeah, that's good. We needed yeah. that guy. Yeah, I, I think I read we're up to twenty three Division one transfers mm-hmm. added, or something. You know, most in the country, I believe. You know, among Power Five teams at least. So, yeah, I mean, it is, uh, it is truly going to be one of those springs. Like we joke about it, but but, but it's not going to be a joke. Like we are going to have to do some work on the roster to to know who these guys are. You know, in the in the spring and the preseason, like. Uh, when we do our season previews in August, we're not going to be able to mail in the roster prep. Like it's, you know, we're going to have to, we're going to have to be prepared because like, I can't be like, well, yeah, we got these guys back from last year. Like not really. Uh, Don't assume we have anybody back from last year. Well, we, we could in theory have a new quarterback, new running back, new (laughs) O-line. One receiver returning. Badger. Yeah. Or I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that, you know. I think and, Geo and the, Sanders is back, right? Sanders is back. Put on scholarship. And the um, tight ends are back. Who? The tight ends. Swinson yes, that's right. and Conyers. Uh, Conyers. And, and Swinson, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's some, but yeah, like, I mean, I'll admit, you know, in the past, you just know it. You know, there are guys around, and, and so, you know, like, not mailing it in so much, but it's just like, well, I don't have to look at the roster, right? I kind of know who's going to be the key guys on offense and defense, like especially defense. I mean, if you ask me right now, who's going to, you know, give me, give me four guys who are going to start on defense. I could not do it. I, I absolutely could not do it. So I'll, I'll have to catch up in the spring and be ready for August when it comes that time. Yeah. Um, on the topic of college football, let's touch on, the national title game. Um, you know, last week we talked about now that first round of the playoff is usually good for a, a route of somebody. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and it was just around late. That's all. <laughs> it was, it was. Yeah. I saw, I think it was Stuart Mandel tweeted something about, you know, well, the, the college football playoff saved its, its, uh, lopsided results or just a massive one in the final. And, Boy, was it! I mean, yeah. it was it was a clinical, surgical, you know, perfection for Georgia. It really like yeah. remember when we were in Austin week one and we watched some of Georgia Oregon, and then we were following the score while we were waiting to get in, and 
And it was just like, man, Georgia was scoring every time they had the ball. And they were like, they finished the season on the exact same note. Like they yeah. first 11 possessions, they had nine touchdowns and a field goal. It's, it's tough to get much better than that. Yeah. Well, and it's just like the, every miscue, like it, it you know, TCU starts off down 10, nothing after turning the ball over, you know, yeah. and they hold them to a field goal and it's like, okay. This is now we have a chance, and then they yeah. put together a and then big they get a, play. They touchdown. get a big play and a touchdown, and it's like, yeah, okay, maybe it's going to be interesting. And that was the peak. Yeah, and it's like that. That was it. That, yeah, I, the I game mean, Georgia stopped. responded per like it was one of those where like TCU gets a little momentum. They get that big play on the busted coverage. They get a touchdown, and and you thought, okay, if Georgia comes out and goes, you know, three and out, like all right, you know. And and it was not even. I mean, I don't think they faced a third down on that ensuing drive, and they had that. That was the wide open touchdown to McConkey. Yeah, and then it just on a, you know, on just a great a play design. The something you know, like we always hear about, you know, things that are going to get copied, and it's a copycat sport, and it's a copycat league in the NFL. I would not be surprised if this weekend we see some NFL team do the sugar huddle, quick break to the line. Because yes. it just created massive confusion. Yeah, well, you know what? It was one of those. So I I don't know if they did it before that. I don't remember. But that was how they won the Missouri games. They were down 10 in the fourth quarter. And they, they went to that kind of tempo. They weren't doing much. And, and they went to – I remember watching that. And they started coming out of this, like, hurry-up huddle, come to the line. They got two touchdowns in the fourth quarter and won. And they used it, you know, it, you know, sparingly the rest of the year. But yeah, it, it worked well last night. Um, you know, fantastic team. Um, I mean, just what can you say, man? You lose fifteen draft picks, five first rounders, and you go fifteen and zero. That's that's uh, that's a testament to roster building and a testament to coaching. And uh, I mean, not much more that can be said, man. Kirby Smart has uh, he's answered all the questions. It's hard to believe that. You know what? Thirteen months ago, the question was, "Can he win the big one?" He's mm-hmm. he's answered that pretty pretty resoundingly. Yeah, well, and he just has, you know, he's done what everyone was waiting for for forty years. Like he's re- he's restored yeah. Georgia football. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was thinking about it this morning, and I, you know, I was like, you almost think like they got so close there in his second year when they, you know, with Jake Fromm as a freshman, and they had the lead. Tua comes in, and they lose an OT, and it was almost like that, that artificially, you know, that was too quick in a way. And it made Georgia fans impatient. Like, you know, well, if we could do this in our second year, then you need to win it all in your third or fourth. And, you know, and after 2020, like, when's it going to happen? Like it's been five years. You're regressing each year. Well, we, we got the answer year six and year seven. It's, it's happened. And, uh, there'll be a, you know, one of, if not the, the, the favorite going into next year, um, have to replace Stetson Bennett, which, not you nothing. know, we talked, we <laughs> talked about that last week. Like, you know, like one of those that a lot of people, and I was one of them, I'll own it, wanted him replaced a few times last year. And, and now it's like, wow, they're going to have to replace him. And that's not as easy as it seemed. Like, you know, they got, they got three really talented guys, but really talented quarterbacks are a dime a dozen. And can they, can they win you big games is a different question. Yeah. So it'll be be interesting, but yeah, for the moment, man, what a what a team, and and uh, you know could have lost in the semifinals certainly, but other than that, man, when they when they faced 
really good teams, they they blew them out this year. I mean, it was, you know, they struggled with Missouri. That was a little bit of a no-show. But, you know, Tennessee, that was a beatdown. Last night was a beatdown. Oregon was a beatdown. South Carolina on the road was a beatdown. Florida and Jacksonville, like, they didn't leave any doubt against the best teams they faced that they were superior. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's really quite something. The other thing that as a – if I'm an Oklahoma fan, I take, I, I take solace in the fact that it's like, well, this is a guy who waited. He was the best defensive yeah. coordinator and the right – you know, he, he could have had any jobs, but he wanted the right job. And yeah. that's kind of what Oklahoma's got now with Venables is, it, you know – a guy who yeah, you're was, right. was no, that's, waiting that's a, a for the comp. right job. You know, he was yeah. considered the best defensive coordinator and he could have gone to places and he kept waiting and waiting and he found the right job for him. The right spot, yeah. And, and you know, if you really want to, you know, spin that even a little bit more, like his first year at Georgia wasn't great. I think mm-hmm. they went seven and five. They went to the Liberty Bowl. Like it was, it was a little bit like, wow, you know, they got rid of Mark Richt who was consistently a nine or 10 game winner and, and we get this. Uh, you know, Oklahoma certainly did not have a great year this year, went six and six. Um, but year two was a giant step forward, uh, maybe earlier than it was even, you know, expected to happen at Georgia. So we'll see if he can follow that pattern or not. But you're right. That's a that's an interesting comparison, no doubt. I just it's something I've thought about because there's it's like the two schools of thought, right? It's yeah. that move or it's doing I don't want to say what Dillingham has done because that's not the case, but like, no, you know, Jay Norvell going to Nevada, or, taking the first head coaching opportunity yeah, you could and, get. And yeah. Like, and it yeah, worked no doubt. for, I mean, you know, Billy Napier, obviously it's worked great for him. Norvell, it worked, Mike Norvell, it worked great for him. Sure. Sure. But it is a, it is a surprising thing to see like a guy who's like, yeah, I could be your head coach, but I think I could be the man somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, and when you're when you're a coordinator at that high a level, both mm-hmm. of the guys we're talking about, you know, coordinators for national championship level programs, you get paid. Like you know, like you get paid well, and and you know, do you want to do you want to take a job at Louisiana Lafayette? You're not going to have the resources that you have at Alabama or Clemson. Uh, you know, and and so you wait for that opportunity. And, you know, Kirby Smart, obviously, a, an alum. You know, he played there. Venables, I don't think, went to Oklahoma, but coached there. Mm-hmm. I know he coached there under Bob Stoops. You know, so there's a connection there. Like, hey, that's that's the place. This is, you know, that's one of the. I mean, Georgia and Oklahoma probably safe to say top ten to fifteen programs in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Georgia right now is probably the top one, but, but just in general. Yeah. So, you know, you go to one of those places, you feel like I'm not going to have limitations on my success. I can, I can accomplish whatever I am able to accomplish basically. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's, it's certainly worked well and you know, like they're the, they're the standard now. Um, I mean, they, you know, have they, have they matched Alabama's 15 years of excellence? No, but in the last two years, they are the best program in the country. There's no doubt they're 29 and one. Um, and, and, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. Clemson was that four years ago, they were the standard and they didn't really build on it. They had a couple more pretty good years and now they seem to be backsliding. So it'll be interesting to see if, if, you know, maybe Georgia can have an Alabama like run, 
or not. You know, is this a two or three year run of excellence that will taper off? Time will tell, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, let's pivot now. Let's let's wrap up with the NFL playoffs. Um, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, it's stupid and meaningless because the Packers are out, but we'll still talk about it. <laughs> Man, I, I got to tell you, I wish the Lions were in. Mm-hmm. I really like I don't know if you you probably don't agree. But that was a fun team to follow. I'm not a you know. I would have I would have preferred them. I would have preferred them to Seattle, even though I love the Geno exactly. Smith story. Um, exactly. I mean, that's my thought. Like, I got nothing against Seattle, and and I, you know, after Stafford left the Lions, I've kind of you know just treated them as any other team. But they were fun to follow in the second half of the year. They they started playing well, and you know, I really like. I got nothing against Seattle, but I wanted the Rams to win that game so that it would set up a you know winner goes situation i was i was disappointed man that if freaking baker mayfield could have got the ball out on time in that overtime that game is over mm-hmm. you know hung hung that ball up for what seemed like you know six hours on the you know wide open guy that it gets intercepted and that was it um you know but uh yeah it was it was an game uh, and that lions team like if they got in they would have played san francisco and i don't think they would have beat san francisco but they sure would have been. They wouldn't have been an easy out. I don't think. Like they, you know, they would have. They would have made them earn it. I think. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, and if you are a Lions fan, Campbell's got them pointed in the right direction. You know, does he does? Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting. Like you know, the, things change. Well, you, you know, they, you're not going to have the exact same group. You're going to lose guys. You're going to add guys. But you're, um, you've so got the, whole, the Rams pick and your own pick. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah, and you've got. You've got a a foundation with you know with Hutchinson. He was he lived up to the expectations in year one, and Jared Goff has really found something there. He really has. Like I, I mean, I think they make a lot of sense for like an Anthony Richardson pick if the you know somebody who could sit. But like Jared Goff's the guy. I don't think there's any doubt. He's the quarterback next year, and and that's you know I didn't expect that. They got good running backs. They got good young receivers. Really good offensive line. Maybe was the best in the league this year. You know, led by the you know Sewell pick from a couple years ago. Like it's a good group. Uh, and if they get better on defense, you know, like I know Minnesota won the division by four games this year, but I, I feel like you know Lions may have been the best team in the division. I know that's ridiculous to say, but. You well, know, and Minnesota end, did that kind of with a like, negative point differential for the season. Right, right. You know, like, I mean, the Lions beat them in early December. Now, so did the Packers. You know, look, 13 and 4 is 13 and 4. The Vikings earned their way to the division title, not taken away from it. But, you know, gosh, you know, if you told me they were playing tomorrow on a neutral field, I'd probably pick the Lions to win. Yeah. It, it, so, anyway, yeah. They're it, not in. That's <laughs> a lot of talk about a team that didn't make the playoffs. But uh, an impressive performance, an impressive, you know, one and six to nine and eight. They were they were fun. They really were. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see if they can keep it going next year. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about who did get in. Um, yes. Let's we're in the NFC. So let's talk about it. Seattle at San Francisco is the Saturday early game. Yeah. Then you've got Giants at Vikings on Sunday and Dallas Tampa Bay, the matchup ESPN wanted. Brady against uh, ESPN's got to be thrilled at that one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a great draw. I So I don't know this to be fact, but they did it last year too. So does it does it seem like they are committing to 
a four or five game on that Monday night. And then that way you, you know where that team is going to go for sure. And so you can schedule them to go, you know, you can say like, if they're going to Philly, you know, you say that's Philly's playing Sunday. Sunday. So you yeah. don't give them a five day, five day week, essentially. I think that's probably right. And that ESPN I, probably gets the only one you could do that yeah. you would know based on the other two results already happening. You'd know the four or five either goes to the one, the two or the three, depending on who wins and loses. Well, and, and my guess is, my guess is that ESPN then gets their pick of the two, four, five games. Probably, which certainly they're going to take Cowboys bucks over Chargers Jaguars. I mean, Jaguars are a fun story and I'll, I want to talk about them, but yeah, I mean, Cowboys bucks, you know, you get Dallas, you get Brady, uh, you're going to have a lot of eyeballs on that game. And yeah, they got to be thrilled at that one. Yeah. Well, let's, um, let's talk about this weekend first. Yeah. Uh, let's start with the early games, Seattle, San Francisco, or the Saturday game, Seattle, San Francisco, yep. and then Chargers, Jags. I I think it's the Niners and Brock Purdy. Yeah, yeah. McCaffrey trade. I would have picked the Niners to beat anybody who they were going to play in that game. Um, but you know, Seattle, they played them twice. They beat them twice. Um, Seattle did not exactly, you know. Uh, finished the year super strong. They went from six and three to seven and eight. Won their last two at home. Got in, you know, but not not saying they don't deserve it. But they didn't, uh, you know, really finish on a great note. So yeah, I think the Niners win that game. Not in a blowout necessarily, but I, I'd be surprised if it's you know down to the wire. So we all knew McCaffrey was talented, uh, but injury bitten a little sure. bit. That trade could not have worked out better for San Francisco. So far, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think they are maybe the most talented team in the playoffs. Doesn't mean they're going to win it all, although I think they sure could. But, gosh, I mean, that offense with with him and Samuel and Kittle and Brandon Mayuk, our boy from ASU, who's had a breakout this year. Mm -hmm. Three different quarterbacks, and he's been productive with all three. Um, I mean, you know, Jawan Jennings, really good number three receiver good offensive line and and then you add a really good defense too and it's like dang man i it, it is not going to be easy to beat them all you got to do is beat them once not a best of 7 but boy they are talented and yeah that's been a great pickup for them all right so i'm going to take the niners there it sounds like you are as well i am yes yes chargers jags so jags won their division which they did it is yeah. both a further indictment of urban meyer and really <laughs> Uh, a feather in the cap of Super Bowl winning head coach Doug Peterson. Yeah, you know, I, I saw this matchup in week three. I went to L.A. and saw the Jags and the Chargers, and the Jags beat them up. And and I remember leaving there thinking, like, boy, it, you know, it's amazing what having, like, some competent coaching does. And then they went into kind of a funk, and they were, what, three and seven or something like that? And like, mm-hmm. well, okay, you know, they're better, but it's probably not going to happen this year. And then they went six out of seven and took advantage of an absolute collapse by Tennessee. That can't be ignored. You know, seven losses in a row to end the year. Yeah. They immediately uh, fired still, four assistant coaches. Yes, <laughs> and fired their GM in the midst of that collapse, which, you know, if that was meant to be like a let's fire up the team and get them going, it sure backfired. Um, but, you know, yeah, good good story for them. I mean, great progress for them to, you know, to get there. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence finally started to, you know, really look the part. You know, again, good coaching, better coaching has helped. Uh, defense has gotten better. They're a fun team. I, I, 
that's an interesting game. And I was thinking of it in this fashion. Like, I feel like there's a handful of teams in the playoffs that I think have zero chance to win the Super Bowl. And Jacksonville is one of them. And I think the Chargers, probably if I was ranking, could you win the Super Bowl? I'd have the Chargers higher than the Jaguars. But I'm picking the Jaguars to win. And maybe that doesn't make sense, but that's just like I think they're at home. I think they win this game. Can they get any further? Highly unlikely. Well, the other thing about the Jags that I think is worth noting, that stadium was nuts for that game. It was. It was. It was. People like that. People love that team. Now, they're not like diehard. They don't show up no matter what. But, but they're but, in the playoffs, like, so they'll be there. It's a good bandwagon city. You know, like when they're good, they're going to show up and they're going to support. Absolutely. Um, they don't have anything else. You know, I mean, that is the thing there for pro sports. So, yeah, I mean, it was it was a good environment, and I think it will be again. It's a night game, you know, NBC, um, good matchup of two, you know, really good young quarterbacks. Uh, fun fun game. I'm, I'm, I lean Jacksonville. I think that, like I said, I think the Chargers are probably a better team. But I think Jacksonville wins this game. Yeah, I'm I'm picking the Chargers um, in no small part because I picked the Chargers to win it all. So that's true, you did. Yeah, I, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm gonna hang on to that and take the Chargers. Okay, um, fair enough. Moving to Sunday, you got Dolphins at Bills, Giants at Vikings, Ravens at Bengals, um, Miami Buffalo. D- does Miami have any shot in that weather? I, I mean, yeah. if, if Tua doesn't play, and I don't think he's going to, I sure don't think so. Yeah. Uh, you know, they've they've been really bad without Tua, um, and and you know, I, I mean, we'll find out tomorrow. Maybe maybe there's progress and he practices, and we'll see if there's any chance. But like, they have one win when he hasn't played this year. It was a nine six game over the Joe Flacco New York Jets. Um, so I, yeah, I, like I think the Bills are vulnerable especially on defense. It is not a good defense. The people who say, you know, the Bills have an excellent defense aren't watching the Bills play. But Miami's a great matchup for them to start out with because Miami's offense without Tua is not good. Well, and you've got the two incredibly speedy receivers, but they're playing, you know, 80 degrees colder than their home stadium. Right, right. And a a quarterback that I don't think, like whoever it is, whether it's Bridgewater or, or Skylar Thompson, like, the, you know they don't bring the 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 you know the flame that Tua has essentially. Like Tua is not a great deep ball guy, but he's so deadly accurate on those slants, and and they run that you know they get that hurry up pace going, um, and and you know you just don't you don't feel that with Bridgewater or Thompson that 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 mitigates Hill and Waddle a lot. Mm-hmm. So if Tua played, I mean, look they they went up there you know mid December and went to the wire with them. I think the Bills won on a last second field goal. It was cold and snowing and you know they they played him real tough. Um but without two I just yeah I don't see much chance. And even with him I think the Bills win. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Bills as well. Uh Giants Vikings a, 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 a rematch of a great game from just what 3 weeks ago. Yeah. Came down to the wire like almost every Vikings win this year has. Uh you know, 60 yard field goal to win it at the buzzer. It it's going to be interesting. You would think that the fans would be going nuts in Minnesota. You know. Oh, they will. They will. It'll be a tough environment. Yeah. I I don't know what to make of that team. I I'm going to root for the Giants. Um, so I'm pick. I mean, it's 
it's a tough one because when I said, you know, ASU basketball reminds me of some teams, it's really these two teams. Like, I don't think either team is as talented as their record says. But, like, they, they both kind of did it with smoke and mirrors. And that's credit to their coaches and their players. Like, they're here. They deserve to be there. But the Giants are not that talented of a team. Um, you know, they've, they've found a way to win games, and, and they hadn't been doing so. So all credit to them. So it gives me thought that the Vikings could win because, you know, like, I don't think the Giants are overwhelming in terms of talent. I'm still picking the Giants. I think, I think the Giants have nothing to lose, and I think if it gets tight, the Vikings could get tight, and uh, that's my upset for the, for the first round. Yeah, I, I am with you there. I, I think it's going to be a close game again. I think so too, yeah, um, because almost every Vikings game is. They either get blown out like they did against Green Bay and Dallas and Philly, or they play down to the wire. It's going to be a you know 58-yard field goal to send the game to overtime or something like that. Yeah. Uh, the night game, Ravens at Bengals. It is uh, it is the highest ticket price to get in the door on really? ticket selling sites for the opening weekend. $177. Huh. I wouldn't have guessed that, although I guess it makes sense in some ways. Um, that, I mean, this is another game that, like, if, bo- if you gave me the, the road team had their starting quarterback healthy, I'd say... I was more on the fence about it, but I don't think Lamar Jackson's going to play. No. I mean, I know they haven't said, but he's been out for five weeks. He hasn't even practiced. And without Lamar Jackson, I don't think they have a chance. Well, and they've done everything. They, it, It's funny because they do almost college football style where every week they like act like, yeah. well, there's a chance he could play. It's like the further you get from the last time he was on the field, the less that, that gimmick works. You know? Exactly. Yeah, and and I mean, does it does it? I mean, like I haven't heard a lot of like informed reporting on it, but is there something amiss there? He's going into his, you know, he didn't sign the contract. There was no extension. He's a free agent. Like, are we going to find out in like three or four months that there's hurt feelings on one or both sides? Mm-hmm. That you know, the Ravens feel like he's healthy enough to play, but he didn't want to, or he didn't want to, you know, he didn't want to play because the Ravens didn't commit to him. Like, I. I don't well, know, but something seems off there, doesn't it? I agree with you, and I will note, I, I have no idea if this guy knows anything, but he knows more than I do and probably yeah. more than you do. Jalen Strong suggested that he thinks Jackson is out of Baltimore this offseason. So, I mean, it, it's an itch. Like, I don't think they let him walk for nothing. I think they've got to they've got to tag him, especially because they signed Roquan Smith today. So, you know. Why would you not tag him and, and at least get a massive return if you don't want him anymore? But something just like this was supposed to be a I mean, the, the initial thought was he's probably out two games back before Christmas. Now he's missed five, hasn't practiced. Now maybe those initial reports were wrong. They could be. I mean, you know, Schefter gets these things wrong a lot. And he's the one who said, you know, oh, he's expected back on Christmas Eve. But still, it just seems odd. And, and what you said is part of it, like, Every week they sort of act like, you know, well, you know, we'll see what happens this week. And every week he doesn't practice any of the three days and every week he doesn't play. And you're left wondering, like, what is going on there? Yeah. So I don't know. If he was playing, if he was healthy and playing, I'd feel like they had a shot because their defense has gotten a lot better since that trade. But their offense stinks. It's it's bad. It's not that good with him. 
the the Bengals are at home. They've made it personal with the coin flip. Yeah. I mean, like, the team yeah. did everything right when it comes to their relationship with the Bills and the players and the coaches. Yes. But they also did all of the heelish things towards the NFL. Um, they did. I will say, I believe they, you know. They might like, not, I'm, I'm not, not saying they're wrong. Fan. I believe they were getting screwed on that. Yeah. Because they won the division. Like, okay, yes, if they had lost to Buffalo, then Baltimore would have had a chance to tie them. But my thought on that is this. Like, Baltimore went into the last two weeks knowing win the last two, you win the division. And they lost the first one. So why are we giving Baltimore a second swing at the bat? Because that game officially didn't happen. I agree with it. Like, again, I'm not a huge Joe Burrow fan. I'm not a huge Bengals fan. Um, but I kind of agree with them. Like, I think they were getting screwed. And I'm glad they won last week. So that was out of the picture. Yeah. Um, I think they're, I, I think they're going to win. And I think I do too. I, I do too. I, I think, think it'll be similar to last week. It'll, you know, like they'll get a lead and then they'll kind of, they'll kind of go into turtle mode because the Ravens have no offense and, mm-hmm. and, you know, they'll win by 10 in a game that they could have won by 30, but they don't necessarily need to. Yeah. Um, and that leaves the Monday night game Cowboys at Tom Brady. I mean, I guess yeah. there are other players, but you won't hear about them. <laughs> not much, not <laughs> much. Maybe a little mention of Mike Evans. That's about it. I So I'm going to share a perhaps unpopular opinion with you. Okay. I don't like the Monday night game. I, I oh, wish I they would do three and three. I um, agree. No, I, I mean, uh, yeah, it may be unpopular – to the masses, but it's popular with me. I, I, yeah, I'm not a big fan of it either. I, I, you know, I get it. I TV drives and, and, you know, ESPN ponied up more money in this last deal and they're going to get a Super Bowl on ABC soon. And I get it, but, uh, I, I don't love it either. It's slightly better because their broadcast team is good now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, like I'll, I'll probably watch the Mannings they're doing the playoff game and I enjoy that, you know, the, and you know, I, I am rooting for Dallas, but I'm not a Dallas fan. So I can watch it, you know, somewhat devoid of emotion. I'd like to see Dallas win just cause I don't like Brady. Um, but it'll be, it'll be kind of fun to watch the Mannings do that game. I think. Yeah. I'm rooting for a tie. I know it's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. That's, yeah. That's just play my, until there's a winner. That's where my heart is, is that yeah. if they could both, I, I guess I'm rooting for them both to lose. Well, one will. So that's and, the win. And then, you know, hopefully the other one will in the next round, I guess. That's got to be your hope. Yeah. Um, I I think, you know, Dallas has been much improved this year. Sure. Um, Dallas is a better team. I don't think there's any argument. So, I don't think Dallas is going to win. <laughs> I think Tampa's going to win. I, you know, I just, I don't trust Dallas. Especially after that, just awful performance on Sunday like that was bad and, and they played their starters that wasn't a you know yeah they pulled Prescott in the fourth quarter you know but they they went they went full go on that and just laid a massive egg against a Washington team that was already eliminated had nothing to play for yeah so that that shakes my confidence I just I don't trust them they're better they should win but I just don't feel good picking them yeah, I agree. Um, I'm I'm going to take Dallas anyway, despite everything you okay. just said. I want to. Uh, trust me. I, and and a couple days ago, 
when I first went through the games, I thought, oh, I'm picking Dallas. And I was like, man, I just, I, I don't know. I can't do it. Um, I, I, I want to be wrong, but okay. So what, we, we are agreement on four of the six? Three yeah. of the six? Four. I think four, right? You took Chargers, I took Jags. And you took Dallas, I took Tampa. But I yeah. think the others, we were we were in, in harmony. Yeah, I have two road two road wins. Um, but you took you and, took and, Giants and the right? Giants, but I I where we're different is I took those two road wins. You Sorry. took the two five, you took the fives. I took the fours. Yeah. Yes, I'm um, going with the fours who are home and yet have the the worst record. Bucks by what four games? Dallas finished twelve and five. I think. Yeah. Which I feel like it's not going to change. I know it's not, but man, it should. Mm-hmm. That game should not be in Tampa. Yeah. I if you want to give every division winner an auto, you know into the playoffs all right I so guess, nba but, uh, style a home game i don't like you want an nba style yes yes see them see them tampa should be the seven mm-hmm. um super bowl just let's jump to the end here for yeah. first round uh Perfect. to the end i i'm sticking with the chargers because they're still alive and i okay and i think that there's a chance so i'm taking that all right all right, that's a that's a, a leap. Who who from the NFC? I think. I mean, I think I'm going to take the Niners and Brock Purdy. I think it's going to be yeah. a California, California. Okay, well, I'm taking the Niners from the NFC, and I'm and I'm I'm taking the Bills because sort of similar. I picked the Bills to win. So you got the Bills and your NFC pick. I think the Niners, yeah, I, you know, like they, I said it when, you know, when we were talking about the Seahawks game, I think they're the most talented team. The, the Eagles just, they kind of limped to the finish line. I know they got the one seed, but not feeling great about how they played down the stretch. And I, I'm going, I'm going Niners to, I picked the Bills to win it all at the start. But if I had to pick now, I'm picking San Francisco to win it over Buffalo in, in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm going to take the Chargers over the Niners because I look as as long as I have a chance to have my preseason champion win. I hear you. I hear you. And and like I said, I I picked Buffalo preseason. I I don't love the thought of them playing Cincinnati in round two, Um, not because of what happened two weeks ago or a week ago, but just because I think that's a bad matchup for them. I think they were going to lose last Monday if that game had been played out. Um, you know, I just I don't trust their defense, but I'm going with that have it at home. A little bit of magic on their side, maybe, but I think the magic runs out. The fairy tale's not quite true enough, and San Francisco beats them. Yeah, I I can after see a that. after a neutral site AFC Championship game win over Kansas City. <laughs> there you go. Um, Which I'm fascinated to see where that's going to be if it if indeed it happens. Jerry World, the neutral site is always Jerry World. Yeah, apparently it's not going to be Indy. I guess Indy said no. They've got something else going on. Detroit can't do it because they're replacing the turf or something. So some of the Midwest sites you might have expected, I guess, aren't aren't possible. Play it in Minnesota. <laughs> they could. They could. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know. Now, they obviously. That's a tricky one because Minnesota still could potentially be in the NFC title game. So play a doubleheader. <laughs> hey, that'd be fun for the fans there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Treat it like high school football playoffs. Yeah, yeah, just back-to-back. Yeah, like mm-hmm. like Texas high school at Jerry World. Yeah, 
six games in a day or something like that. Um, well, look, we'll revisit it after the week of games. We'll come back to talk about what happens with the Sun Devil basketball program. Um, in the old world order under Herm, I would say we're nearing spring ball. Uh, but I, True, but yeah, I guess probably more normal time. Yeah, we think we haven't heard right. But yeah, mid March probably spring ball starting. We can expect. Yeah, well, I mean, basically, no one has said it's starting in early February. So in a month, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, and and you know, hey, I liked that part of the Herm time. I didn't like much else, so I guess I'll take that trade. Absolutely. Uh, we'll be back. We'll talk about all of it. Until then, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben Matt Sportscast. <laughs>